The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to uh, an emergency podcast. Uh, Devontae Adams was traded. I'm here with Lindsay. Say what's up, people, Lindsay. Hey, what's up, guys? And I'm here with Chris. Say what's up, people, Chris. Hey, hey, hey. Um... Wow, vibes today kind of took a turn. And I'm just about scared. Yeah, let's go, let's go vibe check all the way around. Um, I think I might be the least sad out of the Packers community, Packers fan community about, about this move. I kind of thought that it was expected. I had heard that you know the relationship between Adams and Gutekunst had soured. So I'm at like a I'm like a seven out of 10. I'm not happy that it happened. I mean, I, it would have been better if they would have come to a long-term agreement, but I just don't think that that was feasible and we can get into the stuff that's leaked since then. Lindsay, where are you at out of 10? Oh, I got on Twitter around like five and I started seeing rumblings. I was like, what is, no, this is, this isn't real. And I look into it more and I was like, it just, I'm still processing guys. I'm still, <laughs> still going through yeah, yeah. the motions. I, um, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I'm, I'm complete opposite of you. I, I did not see this coming at all. I thought for sure that with Rogers coming back, he would also want to stay. I just, thought that they would be able to come to an agreement um and get him get him to stay but i was very wrong <laughs> what about you chris i'm actually gonna say i'm with you actually probably about a seven out of ten um the draft hall that they're gonna get you know now that they can keep rasul douglas around keep that core that defense intact and now you know they're gonna have four four picks in the top 92 I mean, that's or they're, they're going to have a pretty high draft hall um, that they, you know, they can add some, add some playmakers, get some young talent in there and build a core on offense now that they can run with no matter who's quarterback. It really does kind of position them well for the future. And if Devonte Adams was unhappy and didn't want to be in green Bay, I mean, I knew things were starting to go bad. I didn't think they were this bad, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm coming to terms with this quicker than I thought I would. Um what I'm interested to know is those that, you know, all reports indicate that Aaron Rodgers knew that this was a possibility. Um, did the relationship between Adams and Rodgers suddenly sour in the last couple of months or take a turn? I don't know. You know, I just don't, if Aaron signing with the Packers, knowing this was a possibility, it intrigues me a little bit. I think we're going to hear more 
in the coming days. And I, I, I want to hear more about that because that just from a story standpoint, that intrigues me a little bit. So this is the story that I had basically heard, right, from, from people who were down there at the combine and from people who are familiar with Adams's camp. Basically, Rogers goes on his 12-day Panchakarma thing, right? He's saying, like, okay, I'm not thinking about, you know, making a decision yet. Comes back, is ready to go. He's going to be a Green Bay Packer. And he alerts the team. He alerts his teammates. And then it turns into, well, Devontae just came back and said, like, okay, but we're not a package deal. You realize that, right? And that's really what it sets in with Aaron that, like, maybe I should keep my options open. Um, and that's when you hear, you know, the, the late combine, what was it, the weekend of the combine where you start hearing the rumblings about, like, directly tying him into Denver and, and kind of seeing what was left there. Um, he mm-hmm. ultimately made the decision that, you know, Green Bay is in a better spot to contend than Denver is just based off of all the guys that they have and the fact that they can kick cap space down the line and all that stuff. Um, but really, I think the relationship is not with, with between Aaron and Adams. I, I don't think that that's bad by any means. I, th- I really think it is with, with good cuts. Like it's goes back to them basically not talking since July, which is the last time they had like long-term uh, contract conversations there. I had one person had told me that like, they're going through Russ ball with all these conversations now. Like it's not even an Adams and, and good cuts thing. So like, it doesn't surprise me at all that he ends up going from that where he's not feeling loved by the general manager to a situation where like the quarterback was his college quarterback, you know, like th- there's some familiar familiarity there. You bought that house in Vegas, which again, was a big deal. We had talked about it on the podcast and I even mm-hmm. had someone at us, you know, in the morning, Tyler and I, we, we talked about it on the uh, draft podcast that we had and there people were like, you're like the only person like kind of pessimistic about this Adams thing. And I, I sincerely just did not believe he was going to sign with the green Bay Packers unless he got $30 million a year. And he was able to get 28. Um, I think it's very convenient now that it's being leaked that the Packers were willing to match what the, what the Raiders were offering. Like we haven't just had a massive contract dispute that has lasted basically an entire full year. Like they, they could have solved this problem earlier. If they were willing to match that, they were willing to give him that in last July, this never would have become an issue. It's, it's all the issues that have arisen from the fact that they weren't willing to give him that money last summer, you know? Yeah, I, he, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead. Lindsay. He always wanted to, uh, he always wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver, and now he is. So I can understand. I mean, look, I'm upset, obviously, from a Packers fan standpoint. And as a fan of just Adams as a player, um, I am happy that he got what he wanted. He does deserve to be the highest paid. He is the best wide receiver in the game. So I do get it. It just really, really sucks. Right. The big thing with the, with the, the wide receiver thing is so tricky because what multi-year contracts are like fresh contracts and what DeAndre Hopkins got were totally, completely different things, right? DeAndre Hopkins got 
a two-year extension that was worth $27 million per year at the end of a three-year deal that he already had signed, right? So he's getting two years tacked on to the end of it. He only got $20 million guaranteed. Now you look at the wide receiver market right now, I believe the longest or the, the largest long-term contract coming into this offseason was Julio Jones's, which was $22 million, and he just got released. So I think it might be, you know, that tw- those $20 million deals, right? Amari, Mike Williams, um, I think Godwin just got something close to that. Mike Williams got four, $40 million guaranteed, which is double what Nukil, what, what uh, Nuke Hopkins got for a contract that is worth, what, like 30% less? So comparing a $30 million contract on like a five-year deal to what Nuke had is completely different than comparing it to like the Amari contract with his $20 million per year over like five years or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, Adams did get it. So I'm, I, I'm actually kind of surprised because the wide receiver market didn't seem to be outside of the Christian Kirk thing, which everyone can laugh about and just say like, wow, I can't believe the Jacks did that. I don't think the wide receiver market went crazy in free agency. And I don't think that that boosted uh, Adam's asking price or anything or like helped him in negotiations. So it was kind of interesting to me that Adams was actually able to kind of get that money when who were the other guys? Uh, Godwin and, and Williams were the only other guys to get tagged. Mm-hmm. Right. And they both came in right. at, at 20 million or less. So yeah, they came him. right around the tag. They came right around with the number of the tag. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, good, for, good for Adams for getting that money. He found a team that was willing to do it. Um, I don't know how many teams would have been willing. I think I'd said on the podcast, like the Raiders were one and the Jaguars were another. Um, obviously it's a lot harder to move him to a team like Jacksonville, not only because of like the Derek Carr connection and stuff like that, but like Jacksonville's first round pick is number one right? That's totally different than, <laughs> than 22. And then are you going to yeah. treat their second round pick like a first round pick? Probably not a good idea. You're losing right. 10 picks of value there. So I'd always kind of circled the Raiders as, as the landing spot for Adams. Um, I didn't think it would happen this quickly, but we're seeing with all of these moves, right? Like they restructured Adrian Amos's contract to sign a punter earlier, right? Like <laughs> they, they need the money pretty badly in terms of the yes. cap space so like if they're going to resign a guy like rasul they have to make a move for, for a guy like adams immediately so i guess i should have assumed that this move was going to happen faster but i thought honestly they were going to drag it out until july and i guess it's nice to have the cap space in march instead of july when there's still free agents out there yeah and i'm you know i'm thinking they, they must have come to the term you know the packers must have realized look we're not going to get anywhere here you know, why you want to get the picks for this year, you know, especially because, you know, what 2023 is going to bring in terms of your quarterback. So, you know, if they figured that they weren't going to get anywhere by July, you know, I don't want to say cut their losses, but, you know, you can get some draft capital for it for this year. While you know, you still have Aaron Rodgers under center and you can definitely, you know, add, add some pieces that way. Um, so the, the timing does, you know, the timing surprised me a little bit too. I thought this, you know, if, the, if there was going to be a taking trade situation, I thought it was going to get really close to the draft maybe not until July, you know, kind of just as a wild theory I had, but yeah, they definitely did need the cap space as well. Uh, Obviously this will help Green Bay be a little more flexible. Um, The Rasul Douglas deal seems like it's done. Um, And now they just, you know, Amos has been done. I think he's still, I don't know, Justice, do we think he's going to be worthy of an extension? Because I think they got Jair in there too yet. Yeah. So so that was weird because they added void years at the end of his contract, which Mm -hmm. is, that was the only way that you could lower his cap hit, right? Because his cap hit, so much of it was in his salary 
that you either had to add void years or you had to extend it because the way that all these cap tricks happen, right? You convert a salary into a signing bonus. It spreads over multiple years. Well, there was no more years. So they created fake years on the end of it to spread out that, that, that sign that, you know, converted salary into a bonus. I thought he would have been a guy that they would have tried to, you know, extend moving forward. Like they did Preston Smith. He was kind of in that Mm -hmm. similar situation. So I don't know if, Amos is asking prices just too much for, for the Packers to kind of handle right now um, in terms of like long-term cap building relative to like what is out there. Like maybe that's something that happens in, in the summer once they know kind of like what their roster looks like post-draft, but he he's still a good enough player that you could extend him even at his age. Like if you're willing to extend Preston, I think Amos is a better safety right now than Preston is an, as an edge rusher. And I don't even think mm-hmm. that Preston deal was that bad. So. No, I would, I would, I would agree. And then yeah, obviously, you know, Alexander's the next, probably the next one on the list. Yep. Um, I think that's kind yeah. of the last big one now that the Devante, now that Devante, we don't have to worry about Devante Adams anymore. We're wondering when that extension is going to come. So I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that piece to fall, but you know, once the shock value wears off, I think, you know, from a football standpoint, this makes a lot of sense for the green Bay Packers. So um, stinks losing a great player by all accounts, a great guy. Um but yeah, football wise, I think this is going to be beneficial for the Packers in the end, especially since it seems like that relationship, like we said, was at the point of no return. Yeah, I have a feeling that Cobb is uh, Cobb is. We're going to see a lot more of him this season than we did last. <laughs> now that that Adams is gone, I mean that that is the good thing is that we do still have we do still have a veteran player um, that has played with Rodgers for as long as he has. So there is still a connection there on the field uh, that goes, you know, goes back for years. So I'm glad that Cobb is back. It's going to, it's going to help things. It's going to lessen the, lessen the blow. And I think the interesting thing too, is one thing that we've talked about a lot is their wide receivers have to be so big because of the impact of the run game. And the fact that Devonte Adams, like they're, their auxiliary game, right, is we're feeding Devontae Adams on the backside of these plays with a bunch of RPOs and package plays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If you don't have Devontae there, I don't think there is a guy that you want to just feed screens like that. So I don't know how important those big wide receivers mean, which means you go from looking at 30% of the wide receiver market of guys who are, you know, 205 or bigger to now everyone is available because who knows what this offense looks like moving forward. I bet it. I, I don't think that anyone is going to be eating these screens like, like Devonte was. So if those plays are out, then you're a big guy or your speed guy doesn't have to be a big guy like MVS. Then you can start looking at smaller guys who can stretch the field, right? Then everyone doesn't have to be built like Lazard, Juwan Winfrey, Equinamia, Sam Brown. All those guys are pretty stocky, right? Like uh, Amari Rogers in last year's draft class was the largest wide receiver, you know, drafted of that size early. So when everyone talks about like, Hey, you know, the Packers just keep skipping on these wide receivers. I, I think it was kind of a product of their offense and the way that they ran it through Devonte, where you can only have, there weren't as many players available to them as people would think, even to the point where last season, when they were talking to Odell Beckham jr, Odell Beckham jr, you know, goes off in the playoffs, has crazy games as a full-time starter for the Los Angeles Rams. The Packers told him you're basically only going to play third downs, which is what they told Randall Cobb because he's not a very big guy, right? So I think this kind of changes what they look at wide receiver moving forward, which I think with guys like 
Jamison Williams or Chris Olave or even um, Garrett Wilson in this draft class, field stretchers at the wide, in the wide receiver group who could be available at either 22 or 28, I think that gives them a better chance to kind of find a field stretcher in this draft, which good or bad, like change is coming, right? I think is the overall thought there. Well, they, 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 need, they need the field stretcher, like you said. And I think, you know, this takes, obviously, in terms of quarterback comfort, this takes a little, the security blanket away from Aaron Rodgers. You know, we saw in that playoff game, he didn't target a receiver not wearing the number 17 until I think there were like five or six minutes left in the third. Right. So what is this, you know, long-term without running those screens, like you said, are we going to a more pure Matt LaFleur, Shanahan style offense this year? Is it going to be, you know, because they've, they've kept some McCarthy concepts around as we've seen. You know, and especially with Aaron liking to key in on Devontae, without that there, we got Matt LaFleur is undefeated in games where Devontae Adams hasn't played. So I think, you know, that if that forces Rodgers to play on schedule a little bit and spread the ball out more, in, in a way that, you know, you, you never want to lose a talent like that. But, you know, the impact that, that that could have on the quarterback, I think, you know, you're right. I, I think that's going to be something to watch. And I think in a roundabout way, it could be beneficiary in that regard. But losing that talent is, ooh, um, you, you don't like to see that, but you know, there's, there's hope here. Yeah. And I think, so I'm looking at Spotrack right now. We talked about Jair Alexander a little bit as, as another guy that can potentially uh, free up some cast space. The only other guy who is making a higher base salary than Alan Lazard, who is tagged as a restricted free agent with a second <laughs> round tender at $3.9 million is Dean Lowry. So those are really like the only two moves that the Packers have left to create cap space. I think that's when Rogers says like, Hey, the front office told me that they were all in. I mean, this is proof of concept, right? I mean, there's literally mm -hmm. nothing else they could have done other than extend Jair Alexander and potentially re rework Dean Lowry's contract to give them a better opportunity to infuse this, this roster with talent. And with that 21 million of, of cap space, that's going to be available pretty soon. We'll see what happens there because if they can get a Jair contract done early that could save another 10 million dollars they probably after the Rasul contract are going to have like 15 the rookie class will probably cost something like I think against the cap relative to where they are right now it'll probably be like another 5 million or something like mm -hmm. that immediately so they'll have like 20 million dollars to to play around with um after all of these moves even including uh the potential rookie class so that's when guys like uh, Aaron Nagler brought up Austin Hooper. That's yep. when those guys become interesting, right? Because the Packers still, at the moment, Mercedes Lewis is a great blocking tight end. DeGuara is a great move, move guy. But third downs, I think, is like where they really were hurting at the end of last year when, when Tonyan was gone, right? So if you can get a guy like Austin Hooper on a short-term contract and you could just have him catch balls on third downs, like that would go a real long way with this team if you're able to add a couple rookie wide receivers too, so. It'll be interesting. I think the, the Packers are in a better spot, I think, right now than they were yesterday, as, as tough of a pill as that sounds. But I just don't think that that relationship between Devontae and Gutekunst was end up going in any sort of direction that was going to be good for, for the team building of 2022. Um, the, by the time, if they would have dragged this out, I think Gutekunst could have won at the negotiating table but it would have cost them actionable cap space, I guess is the way to say it, because P 
people weren't going to be available in July the way that they're available on March 17th, as we're talking about. Right, right. You're not going to get, you can't get a Devondre Campbell of the wide receiver positions, you know, down the, you know, that late in the, late in the run. So, no. you know, the other thing I'm kind of wondering, you know, the, the market's going to settle here. Is there going to be a veteran wide receiver that's going to be able to take maybe an at or below market deal that they could get? I mean, where do we think, where do you think Julio Jones is going to end up going for? I mean, I, there's obviously there's concern about his age, but you know, could you get him on a below market deal that he might actually be a value? Yeah. I saw a report that he was looking at new England. I think I can't remember what the sourcing is on that. Um, I did see Adrian Amos at OBJ and Jarvis Landry though. And, (laughs) you know, there were reports early on that the Packers were kind of interested in Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis wasn't really interested in him. The Rams have now signed uh, Allen Robinson. So it seems like at wide receiver, the Rams have kind of figured themselves out and have kind of let OBJ uh, hit free agency, I guess, even though he's already hit free agency, I think everyone just assumed that he was going to go back to the, to the Rams. I wonder if they could do like some sort of short-term deal where they bring in OBJ and Landry together on like certainly less than the 21 million that Devonte Adams was scheduled to, to make. Well, yeah. And then, you know, you got to hopefully, and hopefully OBJ will be back healthy relatively quick right. enough. You know, ACLs is, you know, Packers fans know, you know, yeah, ACLs <laughs> Bakhtiari and every knee injury, every knee injury is different. You know, everybody heals different from a knee injury. I get it. But you know, that's, that's the, that's the only other thing with OBG. I mean, it would make sense, but on value, I, I just, yeah, you'd have to be able to tread water for at least maybe the first two months of the season. Green Bay definitely could do it, but you know, if that's the type of talent you got to look at, I don't know what his availability is going to be. Any yeah, other, that was uh, my guess was OBJ. I when I heard about Adams immediately, OBJ came to mind, and I was like, I bet, I bet they're gonna move in on him because I know obviously last year they um, they were considering bringing him on. Um, I don't know. It'll, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to see how they're gonna how they're going to make up for the massive loss. The whole thing Rogers was advocating for himself with, right. Was the idea that he could recruit, right. That if he was part of this process, he could recruit people. (laughs) And to, to his credit, the Packers were never really in a position where they had a ton of cap space that they could let him do that. That has changed now, right. Your management. You came back knowing Devontae Adams' return is probably not going to happen. And now they have probably at the moment like $15 million in cap space or probably go to like 25 if they can figure out a Jair Alexander contract. Let's see it. Let's see you, Aaron Rodgers recruiter, because now now is the time to shine if there is ever one. You know, it's totally different now than during, you know, waiver wire transactions or uh, straight releases during the season like like he was able to do. So if he's able to, you know, bend the ear of guys like OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, let's let's see it. Let's see what the next three years are going to look like. Um, because at this point, I don't think we have any evidence that anyone has wanted to come play for him other than Randall Cobb. So <laughs> I, I would like to see a little bit more yeah. of that, you know? Yeah, he's had he had his hands tied for sure for a little bit. And I think, 
you know, obviously with whatever agreement he's worked out with the Packers, they're definitely going to be able to let him loose. Um, let's see it. I mean, Wisconsin, winter in Wisconsin, you know, we don't get the super cold snaps like we used to, you know, the last couple of years have been not terrible. So I mean, you, the cold weather is not going to stop them um, from coming out here. So, um, you know, I, I really would like to see what you, like you said, justice, I want to see what he can do recruiting. He's going to have his chance now because they've, they need somebody at least two pieces. I would think it at, at the minimum. Do you guys have any final thoughts or should we just sign off? Uh, well, I, you know, obviously it's a painful thing. You know, this is not something Packers fans are used to. They're always used to being able to keep up, keep their guys. Um, unfortunately, when you go, when you take the approach they did, you know, the last couple of years, adding talent, you know, this, this stuff kind of happens, but, um, in the long run, if the Packers stick this draft class, which I very much have confidence that they will, um, I don't think I, in the long run, it's going to be better off because it's going to allow them, like I said earlier, to build a core. And, you know, the, whoever they hand the reins off to a quarterback when Rodgers is done, I think is going to be in much better shape because he's going to have some young talent on a, on rookie contracts. So, you know, long run, I think it's going to be beneficiary, especially since Adams clearly didn't want to be in Green Bay. So we'll see yeah, what happens. I, but. I agree. I think that that definitely makes a difference in um, – I mean, I, I don't want anyone – especially someone of, of the talent of Adams to, to play half-heartedly um, because he doesn't want to be there. So I do understand that it, it, it is going to be uh, better in the long run. I just hope that, I mean, I will say we're now considered like everyone's you know everyone's saying that we're the underdogs ever since you know a few hours ago when this became official and that's when we shine so if everyone just wants to keep saying (laughs) we're the underdogs that is when we do the best just historically um and they they know what they're doing i mean they i've got to have faith in in the front office and um i don't know i i do think that Rogers, I think we will see Rogers pull some, some, uh, top tier talent guys in, in, you know, replace of, of Adams, because I mean, who, who wouldn't want to learn from the greatest quarterback of, of all time. Right. I mean, whether you like the guy or not personally, (laughs) he is a fantastic quarterback and you can learn a lot from him and, and better your career. So. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but also also still reeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, the, 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 the draft the draft pick hall definitely is the you know spoonful of sugar in this case. It does make this go down a little little nicer. So I've got every like I said, I got every confidence that Gutekunst and company can stick the stick the landing on this. Um, but it does add a lot of pressure to make sure they get this draft right. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep it, keep it, uh, tuned to the feed tuned to, uh, the website. Um, hopefully we, we get some good news moving forward. Cause it seems like all the bad news between, you know, Billy getting cut, Zadarius getting cut, Devonte getting traded like that. That was the end of it. That was the end of it. We have cap space now, so it should only be good news moving forward. And if Aaron Rodgers is recruiting and he does any 
sort of half decent job at it, we should be getting good news, you know, tomorrow or over the weekend. Yeah, and I just immediately after I saw this and what they were getting in return, I felt like there's another shoe that's going to drop in a good sense. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. Something something good, fingers, fingers crossed, crossed, coming around the corner. Fingers crossed. For sure.